Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time for Mortgage Matters. Morning, everybody. Welcome. Barely made it in here. Huh? <laughs> I mean, during the opening of the show, he shows up in the front. Hey, I... I it's radio. No one's supposed to know that. I took a little extra time this morning prepping to make sure that the, uh, you know, the content was on point. Well, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Good. How are you? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. You are? Oh, yeah. What are you excited about? It's the first show of April. I was uh, kind of tripping on that already. That There goes the first quarter of 2014. We just did that. We're the third of the way through the year. I finally stopped dating At things. At the end of this, twenty thirteen, I've, I've got that out of my <laughs> system now. I'm using the four always, so that's good. And uh, yeah, wow. Got a uh, old fashioned show today with Dan and myself, just the two of us. It's the we did this on purpose because the jobs report came out on Friday, so we can. Spend a little bit of time talking about that. Next week, you're going to be gone. I just found that out myself. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So we'll have Jason Van Dyke on the show, and uh, we'll do Jason Squared Radio. So that ought to be exciting. Yeah. So what else is going on? Um, you know, I, I traversed the treacherous streets of Morro Bay to get here this morning. Oh, why? Did is you it that know? yard sale it's thing? It's a yard sale weekend. You guys do that yard sale thing. It's That's... an annual annual yard sale citywide. There's like everybody puts out stuff for sale pretty much, right? Yeah. So there's, it's, I believe it's run through the Chamber or Morro Bay Beautiful, one of the organizations. There's a registration opportunity for yard sale so that you can get on the city map. But it's so big time that you can pretty much put things yeah, out. Yeah, there are people who cheat and they don't register. They just, they just do the yard sale. I mean, there's town. The the car population in Morro Bay is at least doubled. My favorite thing about um, yard sales is that people lose total and complete logic in terms of what they should be doing with their car. Oh yeah. U-turns, parking the wrong way on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Parking in the middle of the road. I was driving down my street. My street's not very wide. There were cars on both sides parked the wrong facing the wrong way. Cars on both sides. <laughs> there's an there's a lane between the two cars wide enough for a car and a half. I'm going through this lane of cars, and a guy is driving towards me, staring at houses on the side uh -oh. while he's just driving towards me. And, you know, we're at an impasse here now. He, he, luckily, he saw me before he hit me. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but that's Crazy. pretty much how driving is in Morro Bay on this weekend. That's hmm. fun. So be careful. There are people walking. They are you going careful. yard sailing today? No. No. I'm not. I might have made a big mistake, though. Oh? 
Did you commission someone to yard sale on your behalf? And I gave her a hundred bucks. <laughs> I think that's way uh, too much for a yard sale. That's a lot for a yard sale. sale. Things are supposed to be like 50 cents and a buck. You gave her her stuff to sell, basically. To sell? Oh, I don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> to, go, <laughs> to go buying. Yes. Yeah. What are you looking for? Yeah, okay. Nothing. We oh. don't need anything. Okay. Oh, well. She thinks she might find like some work of art to hang on her wall. Rim, right, I yeah. just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. give her a text heads up, though, if she sees any vintage cast iron. That's what we want. Oh, yeah. Gladly reimburse her. She's okay. thinking that she's going to spend $10 on some painting that turns out to be like a Rembrandt, and you're going to show up on Antiques Roadshow, and the appraiser's going to say, that's worth twenty grand." I like the way Is you think. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, even, the way I don't I think, even, too. <laughs> I don't I'm even not, know if she was that ambitious. I'm not sure it's it's... <laughs> entrenched in logic but i like the way you think uh, all right well hey i i was out of the office yesterday um and thursday in fact so i feel a little out of touch what happened dan oh my gosh so much yeah so much happened anything good um i mean work was just work yeah yeah you know doing loans and things funding good. loans good yeah, um, there were. I mean, obviously Friday was Thursday and Fridays where like the jobs numbers come out. Right. So that was wasn't well received by the uh, by the stock market by the investors. The numbers were pretty decent. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to dive right into that. No, not yet. That's like the big juicy topic. I I did. I brought some stuff um, to talk about on jobs, but I'm not ready to do that yet. It feels like things are starting to heat up a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to say that they're warming right now um, as far as real estate transactions go. Seemed like for the past four months, um, it had been pretty quiet. And that's typical, I think, at that time of the year. We, we typically see things slow down once you hit about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was noticing that... Um this year was slower through the from Thanksgiving probably until about February, and the uh, slower by normal standards, right? Because the year before was just completely bonkers. Well, out that's of, what I was going to say is that we kind of just ran right through that slow season for the last couple of years because we had those interest rates that were oh so low. There, there really wasn't a break that normal cyclical break, and I forgot that we have that. Like I forgot how sleepy December and January are. And so lately, it is nice to see the phone ringing, people calling, looking for help. Um, you know, and I, I thought we might talk a little bit about that today. In fact, um, there's a theme generally with most of the phone calls um, of people that are that are calling in, and um, it, it, it's in part because of the advertising that we do. Um, marketing mobile home financing so we seem to get a lot of mobile home calls because there really aren't a lot of lenders offering those kinds of loans um, lately i've gotten a lot of va phone calls for um, veterans looking to buy homes and that's always awesome i i love working with veterans and um, they're oftentimes their first time home buyers and uh then the other folks that I just were getting a just a host of phone calls for every day are people that have some sort of damaged credit in the last few years that are just making it back out to get into the game again. And 
it's a you know it's almost like the the welcome back financing package you know we have to sort through what what their issue was and figure out a way to place it but um yeah most all of the activity in the office uh is around purchase loans everybody um, that calls is generally looking to buy something. It's it seems rare now that somebody would be calling looking for just a refinance. Yeah, much less often. Although there are those calls still, those people coming in, and they seem to be the folks who are still waiting for values to fully recover to sure. accommodate a refinance. Yeah, I did. I got a new um, refi this last week though, and it was for unfortunately a a marriage that was dissolving. And um, they own two properties, so husband's basically going to put one just in his name and then um, wife's going to put one in just her name. And um, she didn't think that she could qualify. And, you know, with half the income and just not not knowing whether where the chips fell. And so did a fair amount of homework to figure out how to make it work. And... Um, she could in fact qualify and was so thrilled to, to be able to get her own loan on account of it just kind of like leaves one less loose end for them to try to deal with. And at the same time, um, her interest rate was going down enough that also saving a few hundred bucks a month and pretty excited about that. So some of those kinds of deals still pop up cash out refis where someone needs to consolidate. Um, and then I, I got, not that it's new loans yet, but a few calls last week from people with adjustable rate loans that are, have been adjusted for a couple of years and has been good. You know, they were, uh, those adjustables are usually around two and three quarters right now once they hit their adjustment. And so, um, but people know that's not going to last forever. So, um, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the one person who just had already assumed they couldn't qualify. That's something that we see from time to time. There was a, a gentleman who called this week who, own, he's a local business owner, owns a body shop, and he just had already assumed, you know, we had talked about it, but he had just put it off. I, I mean, it just wasn't a possibility in his mind. He just had already counted himself out yeah. without even knowing how we look at the income. And, and with a body shop, you could have quite a bit of depreciation of assets that... There's a lot of depreciation that, that would not count when qualifying for a mortgage. He also mentioned you know, that there's a lot of, um, of his monthly debts that are paid by his business, and those can be excluded from qualifying as long as you can document that the business has paid them consistently right. for the last 12 months. So... We haven't quite yet got to the point where we've fully evaluated it yet, but I'm I'm in, I'm eager to to let people know how that one works out because I I do find that people just assume they they make these assumptions whether they can or cannot qualify without really knowing all the rules. Well, and you know where I think that that some of that mentality is kind of bred. I mean, first of all, I think you just have these people that just kind of feel like. They're hardworking folks that don't get a lot of breaks and that everyone that's getting all these smoking deals, it ain't for them. They're self-employed and they're just barely scraping by. So you just have this kind of defeatist attitude anyway. Um, but the other thing is they get it. I feel like this kind of 
people share this, put this vibe off to one another because they start sharing a horror story about going into their bank and how they were told they didn't qualify in spite of feeling like they did. And then people start to go, well, uh, if Dan can't qualify, there's no way I'm going yeah. to. He's my boss. So, or, or something what, like that. Or when you know? they got their last loan in the early 2000s, the only way they could qualify was stated income. Right. And so they think that's necessary now. But, or we came off, we're coming off of some of the most conservative underwriting criteria. Things are. I, I don't want to go so far as to say they're loose now or loosening up so much as the, they're just there's some common sense to it now. Right. I mean, if your business pays expenses, you're not going to have to count those. It would be double counting. Yeah, you're not going to reduce your income and have to count them again. Right. So th there's there's some common sense to underwriting. But as you well know, there are still banks, though, that, that won't exclude that. There are really conservative banks that say, that's great, the business pays it, but what if it decides to not pay it next month? So therefore, we're putting it in your debt-to-income ratio. And it's like... I am the business. I decide if the business pays that bill or not. And, um, you know, so there definitely is, is a little bit of difference from bank to bank as far as what issues you're going to run into. Um, there was another transaction I worked on last week where a fellow began a loan application and then abandoned it in the middle because he had calculated his own debt to income ratio to be over 41%. And, and I'm like, Whoa, timeout. First of all, yeah, 41%, that number gets kicked around a lot. It's a guideline. It's not a hard and fast rule. Um, with compensating factors, you can go well above that in some cases. And so that's the first thing is let us figure out if that, that particular debt-to-income ratio is going to fly. But in tandem and almost more important is – you're calculating your own income. Do you, as a just a consumer with no industry knowledge, know anything about how we base it on gross or how we average them, what components of it might be able to be added back or excluded? For example, you know, sometimes if you have less than 10 months remaining on an installment loan, let's say you have a $600 a month Mercedes loan and the balance is $5,500, that's a debt that can be excluded from your debt to income ratio. And so there's just little things that we'll we'll know to look for and know to do. We can determine whether or not you're eligible for financing. So I just it it always kind of baffles me a little bit, especially people that have um, ruled themselves out for one reason or another, and then just continue to pay a higher interest rate on a on a loan that they really shouldn't be in. Um, yeah, I I let the that body shop owner know. Even if you're right, even if you can't qualify, it only takes, I mean, if you get us the two years of tax returns, it only takes a couple of minutes for us to go through those. We look at tax returns every single right. day. They're, I mean, it's it's like reading an article in the newspaper for me. It's so easy. I yeah. breeze through them. I told, uh, I told these people, hey, fill out the application and then just call your accountant and put it in their lap. Tell them to email me. They know how to do it secured. Tell them to email me the tax returns. And just You just, you know, stand by. It doesn't take long at all. And I, and the other thing, too, just you got to call a spade a spade. Who wants to call a sales guy? I hate that. I really do. Every now and again, I get in some spot where I accidentally get somebody my contact info that 
just won't let go. They just push you and poke at you and, you know, are you ready? And this, I've got that, and one the other. Of those and guys I just, me right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> miserable, isn't it? Yeah. And you feel I'm like. I'm about to tell this guy that I don't want him to call simply because he keeps calling me. I, yeah. I just, I don't want anything to do with your business. Well, and the hard thing is, is like, you know, I, I try to be a good communicator with people and, um, but it gets that point where you either got to like hurt somebody's feelings, which who wants to do that? That's never fun. You got to like hurt their like, dude, you're just too eager. I do sales too. I get it. But you just, you're not helping yourself. If I was going to do a deal now, I'm looking for like your competitor because I so don't like the way you did this. Um, and, and, or then just, you just elect to ignore them. That's their calling and whatever you just and now, but see that somehow makes me feel dirty because I'm the kind of person that calls somebody back. But you call me too much, harassing me as a sales guy. I just don't want to deal with you. So there's a lot of people that I think don't if they think they're margin or whatever. I know better than to call a loan officer though. <laughs> I'm not getting myself on that list, you know. I, I that's the thing about it that I think prevents a lot of people from just checking in on it. Yeah. So, so know that we apply, we understand and we apply that philosophy with dealing with I'll people. go so far as like somebody expresses interest and maybe we have like a phone call or something and I'll email them some information. How many follow-ups will you do before you stop? I, I'll, in, in our interaction, I usually, at my piece is to say, well, I'm going to email you some options or whatever. Take a look at it. If you got questions, get back in touch with me. I'll give it a reasonable amount of time, and I do one more email. And I my email just says, you know, I'm just keeping my desk tidy. If you intend to move forward on this, reach out to me now. I'm not contacting you again. I'm just, it's like, if it's something you want to do, you're going to do it. I'm not the kind that's going to do four or five follow-ups. Yeah, I would say one or two follow-ups, different methods each time. If they A were, phone call and an yeah, email and or... if they were <laughs> hot to trot on the phone and then never responded to the email, then I might call and just say, hey, I emailed you. Um, I just want to make sure if it hit a junk folder or something, but in the event that you just deleted it because you're over it, that's fine too. I'm not going to bother you. You know, I don't like that. I hate the bothering people thing. It bothers me. <laughs> it bothers me to bother people. It does. Well, it's a fine line because like I have, I have some, um, family members that are into like multi-level marketing and then it like gets to the point where like. You don't even want to answer their call for anything. <laughs> That's family. Yeah. Well, and so I know like at Thanksgiving, I when I see like the aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone, you can't always be like, you know, why didn't you do a loan with me or something? It's like just got to be normal and see if it happens organically or not. But then you are always really sad when that cousin's like, Hey, what's going on? Nothing. What's new with you? I bought a house last week. And you're like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Who did your loan? Bank of America. Boy, was it a nightmare. <laughs> per, yeah, I, just, I bet. You know, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to go have some more olives. You've had that conversation. <laughs> it's hard. But then it's like you walk away from it wondering, well, maybe that happened because I don't talk about it enough. <laughs> I don't think that's the problem with you. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, not talking about things. Oh, my gosh. 
Hey, this is a good time to take our first break of the show. Uh, we've got a whole lot more coming at you today. Um, it was a busy week. There were some interesting economic reports that we'll talk more about. And, of course, we'll um, entertain your phone calls. I'll remind you the call-in number, 543-8830, 543-8830. You can ask a question or share a comment live on the air, or you can uh, share it with Jim, and he will ask for you. Um, so give us a call, 543-8830. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's just before 1030. Looks like these clouds are going to burn off and it's going to be a great day for... Something sunny. It's supposed to be eighties this weekend, I think. Yeah, I think I think tomorrow. Today uh, today it looked like at least in around these parts was gonna get to like the high sixties maybe. I think it is supposed to build up into the eighties this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. Man, how epic did you guys get enough of that thunderstorm the other night? I didn't hear I was so asleep. Oh, uh, maybe it was just like the privilege of the North County got it. Yeah something impressive okay great thunder and then some really um awesome hard rain for just a little bit yeah. and i saw in the paper um 
some record size hail fell on the coast. Did you guys see those pictures? I yeah, did, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. in Cayucas. And then I had, one of our loan officers actually lives in Morro Bay. And I think she I think she had some at her house also. Hmm. But yeah, they're like inch <laughs> diameter balls of hail. I couldn't like, help but wonder if that's like enough to like golf damage your car. Oh, totally. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some pictures from like other parts of the country when a hailstorm just like destroys cars. Yeah. That's got to be a nightmare to deal with. Well, I'm sure it's not fun. So this uh, last couple days, I I was at an event down in Santa Barbara. And I thought I'd share this with you guys because it uh, it was totally new to me. And um, we wanted a cab. Uh The the place we were going didn't have parking. And so we used a service called Uber. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I believe so. Have you yes. heard of it, Dan? Yeah. It's just like a um instead of calling a cab a right. cab, you call you you go on your smartphone and you put in where you're headed mm-hmm. and it's like a peer-to-peer rideshare program. Yeah. So with your account, you get in the car with somebody that's offering a ride because they're going to the same place you're going. And you pay Uber, it's cheaper than a cab, and then Uber has a contract with the person that's the driver, and they receive money from the rider, withhold a commission, and pay the driver for the rideshare. So I guess they've been sued a handful of times already by the taxi cab companies, but um, this... This guy's doing this for a living in Santa Barbara. It's his, well, I say for a living. This isn't entirely true. Mm. He does it part-time because he has a job. Mm. And he it's in his car, makes his own schedule, drives around, giving people a ride where they need it, and um, makes between $25 and $35 an hour is the average. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty wild, huh? Yeah. That's really good. So there's a we'll all hear a lot more about it. I wonder when it if it's already in slow or when it's gonna hit slow because this is kind of a sleepier town, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think a lot a lot of those Uber calls are for airport rides and in you know, or big events where there's hard to park areas. But uh mm-hmm. anyways, that was really interesting. And then this morning when I was looking online, I saw that it was um, they're talking about Uber on um, this website I look at called The Week, kind of pointing out that it's gaining some serious momentum. Wow! I was surprised that I never even heard of it before, but you two guys are the most cutting edge guys I know, <laughs> and the fact that neither of you have heard of it is no, I I actually have heard of that kind of service, yeah. kind of a rideshare kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like some things that here too where you can actually schedule a car to get you from uh, you can take the car from point a to point b and then somebody else may take the car and take it back to point a and stuff like that that's kind of services up here yeah they had that in san diego when i lived down there it was Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um there was designated lots and so you were allowed to leave the car back into one of those lots but Mm -hmm. you could certainly Mm -hmm drive it around town and, you know, put it in a different place and you just paid as you used it. it right. Kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So anyways, maybe there are people doing uh, 
Uber driving that should be counted in some kind of jobs report that are not. If you can be making $50,000 a year driving one of those things. Sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah. Have to look on into it. You missed my segue. Said maybe there are people that should be counted in the jobs report because they're driving the Uber cab and they're not. We think. I think that's unreported. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did ask the like so you know me. I'm in the cab with this guy and Does I'm the, like wait, interviewing the, goes, the driver. The money goes to the company first or to the driver first? The company. And then the company pays you as like independent contractor by way of a 1099. So the driver wow. is actually going to file a schedule C then for his driver income yeah. hmm. during the year. So you do have to report it. Yeah, there'd be some otherwise you're going to get yeah. in some trouble. Yeah. I also wondered with this guy, he was in like a brand new car and he acknowledged that it was a rental car and it turns out the <laughs> night before, a drunk driver T-boned him when he had four people in his car that were, like, getting a ride. Wow. And I asked, I said, so your insurance company knows, because he just has a standard license just like you and I. He's not a licensed, like, for-hire taxi license guy. He just has a, a license, and it's okay for him to drive people around. His insurance company told him they said it was fine, that he was taking passengers basically for hire wow. without any special endorsement. So I wonder if he's going to have a sad surprise before too long. But he did say that Uber has a, they keep a million dollar umbrella for him when he's driving. So that's, that's cool. likely to be one of the breakdowns of this. Even if the taxi company can't sue you, just the liability of having people uh, in your car where you may have that happen. It sounds pretty risky to me. I wonder too, can you take the rental car in that kind of a situation and use as the write-off probably on your taxes it's Who definitely a because you're having expense. to file that as a business expense mm -hmm. i'm sure you could huh. yeah that's crazy yeah so anyways you guys would be hearing more about that i'm sure it's going to be getting some uh big publicity here and next time you're in the city Get yourself an Uber instead of a taxi. Uh, <laughs> I, th I thought they were kidding when he said he was calling on an app, was going to get a car there from something called Uber, and we were in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Bizarro. So I, uh, I did think now, Dan, would be a decent time to talk a little bit about this jobs report from uh, last week. Okay. Summing up the old month of March, eh? I saw a lot of uh, headlines about this that kind of spin it in a few different directions. One suggests that the country might be thawing from its deep freeze. Others say that while the, the number itself wasn't particularly great, the report wasn't particularly strong, um, the in this... It's been described as the slowest jobs recovery since the recession. And in this jobs recovery, um, there's little speed bumps in here, and we seem to keep hitting the speed bumps. And that though this report, the numbers themselves were okay, it kind of looks to a bigger problem within. 
So that being said, um, every, every time this report comes out, usually the day before we get, um, ADP, which is the, what does ADP stand for acronyms guy? Something having to do with payroll. They're a private payroll provider. So they report private job gains on a monthly basis the day before the Bureau of Labor Statistics yeah. jobs report comes out. Yeah, and it, it basically the, what it does is ultimately gives you a little bit of an idea. Because they're so far-reaching, they do payroll for so many companies that they're able to sort of be a decent barometer as to what, you, what number you might expect on Friday with jobs created. So the, the ADT, ADT numbers that came out, um, they were pretty close to accurate. Um, yeah, they were very much in line with the government And number. it's not always that way. No. Oftentimes, these things will be apart by a margin of 50,000, and you wonder how can, that, how can there be such a disparity when most of the jobs are, in fact, in the, in the private sector now. I mean, always have been, but there's less in the public than there even was a few years ago. So it should be more in line if that metric's worth talking about. Otherwise, it's not very dependable and doesn't help predict anything if it's off by huge margins. Yeah, yeah. There are times where it just there's no consistency between the numbers. This, this month was very different. ADP showed 191,000 jobs added, and uh, the government number was 192,000 jobs added. It's so only 1,000 uh, jobs separating the two figures. And for the government number, the February jobs it was revised higher to 197,000. So doing good. The, this is roughly the average monthly job gain for the entire 2013 calendar year. So we're, we're meeting the average from last year. Um, obviously, we want to be picking up steam in the jobs market. So we'd like to see the monthly numbers higher than last year's average. And so most economists are expecting that the job growth monthly pace will increase to about 225,000 looking forward. Um, so yet to be seen was it was it pelosi they nailed this week saying that all of the jobs have been restored yeah. somebody they were stringing up i i think it was pelosi anyways they were you definitely see that in this jobs report now we're talking about a new record in private sector employment um and as far as number of private sector jobs yeah that the current employment tally is 137.9 million um that's only 437,000 employees away from the record of 2008. So in theory, that number, if you isolated that metric and only that metric, you would look at it and say, hey, well, good. We only really need two more months then, right, of adding to, you know, at 200,000 jobs a month before we're back to where as many people as we had employed in the market six years ago. Well, and... What I was reading here is that they're saying that we just hit that mark. Well, now I guess it's looking at it just slightly differently. What this is looking at is saying that the recession lasted from 2007 to 2009. During that period of time, what is that, three-year period of time, 
businesses and nonprofits shed 8.8 .8 million jobs. Since 2009, businesses and nonprofits have hired 8.9 million employees. So we've now exceeded the number of jobs lost during that period. A couple of problems with that, though. More jobs are being lost after 2009 as well. Right. So to just cut it off at 2009 isn't painting an accurate picture. I guess that's that's the biggest problem. Yeah. So, and then there's a few things once you get into this and look into into the numbers themselves, where you kind of start to say, yeah, I see why the market didn't totally love this jobs report. I mean, first of all, according to these metrics, that our private sector will be as employed as it was in 2008. Well, there's a lot of people that have been born since yeah, 2008. There's, there's population growth in the private sector. If it was healthy, would have continued to grow during that past six year period. So not only did it not grow, but it shrunk and we didn't add back. We kept losing. And then we added people to the mix that are in population growth numbers, just unable to be counted. And, you know, and then the other thing is when you really get in there and look at what these jobs are, they're not head of household jobs. And that's a really big difference than what there was in 2008. So it's not just about a job. It's about a job that's a, a good paying job with um, a, a kind of a career level job where somebody would have, be able to take care of a household on that job. Um, it, there's been a really big change in employment by sector as a whole, people losing those higher end jobs and going into jobs that are um, just a little bit more middle of the road. Another really fascinating thing is to look at um, the change in part-time jobs. So many people um, have had taken on these part-time jobs now that there's really a, a big growth in the part-time job numbers. And, and these jobs are counting in some of these metrics. So you kind of, you, the economy may have shed a head of household job and been replaced now by part-time work. That's, that's really not the same thing. Um, so that's, that's more to look at. And, um, you know, hospitality, restaurant business, those are the kind of jobs that are being created. So it's just really still not quite there. Although this time the unemployment rate itself held heavy or steady because there was a balance finally of people able to find jobs that were looking for jobs. And perhaps the people that were coming out of the woodwork, you know, counted as retired in last month's report now show up, um, as a seeker unable to find and they drive the unemployment rate up. But this month that didn't happen. And that's the first time in a few months that didn't happen. Yeah. So we've been stuck at that 6.7 unemployment rate since December. I don't think that's really, that should never be the headline grabber because there's so much more that goes into that number. It's really about the jobs being gained and the types of jobs. You make a great point that the, the jobs that are, that have been added aren't, necessarily the the head of household you know higher income type of jobs there i mean those there are some of those jobs but not enough of those jobs being added and as a result more and more americans are finding themselves are, are now identifying themselves as something other than middle class they're a lot of people are believing they're they're in a lower middle economic class not a middle class 
economic category. And it's because they, they're not getting the jobs or not getting the wage increases that they need to be able to afford the, the things that, in their view, a middle-class family can afford. Um, so that's a problem that, that hopefully as, as we continue to recover, that we'll start to see more of those types of jobs being added instead of just the lower wage jobs. Yeah, and that that all ties. I mean, now you got a chicken or the egg argument developing here because what we really need is an economy that can provide those robust jobs to households. And yeah, at the same time, if if we had those jobs, we'd be more likely to to spend money and spur the economy on. So it turns into this kind of self feeding cycle where it's in the end, is it anything but perception it's the that and this is why we track consumer confidence and consumer sentiment you know yeah we track the producer and consumer price index too to know what the value is of these things that are being provided but we track confidence and sentiment to try to get an idea of how does the average person feel Um, and confidence and sentiment over the last few months have actually been better than i would have expected um and it's been cited in recent months in these consumer confidence numbers that feeling better about the job you have and likelihood for improvement in the employment market altogether. So I think we're slowly turning that corner. I mean, a few years ago, consumer sentiment was really in the toilet and it was largely because people wondered about their job. I, I see my company making some changes. They're doing furloughs. They've laid some people off. I don't want to get laid off. If if you get laid off in this market, we hear about these people that have been on unemployment for 99 weeks. So if you get canned in this market, are you going to be able to find a new gig? Are you better than the masses and somehow more marketable than other people? And that just general fear and worry, I think, is what caused people. I think this is why the recession went on as long as it did, is people just so unsure. And at the same time, their house wasn't worth anything and everything just kind of feeling out of control. Well, today we're restoring a lot of that. And people have that certainty now that, well, I kept my job this long. I'm likely to still have it. And they see other firms beginning to hire and snatch up new people kind of gets everybody feeling better about the state that they're in now it's time to hire yeah it seems like we've we've completed whatever phase this is of the recovery getting back to where we were and now we're in the phase of the beginning the phase of the recovery where we need to get to where we wanted to go six years ago yeah so hopefully that starts picking up here soon what path were we on six years ago the wrong path. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what normal is. That that's always kind of the problem, you know. There all these little bubbles that you just like. We had this last run up, and it's almost like right now we're looking for the next one. And I can only imagine that it's actually going to be construction because that's been the most underserved part of the economy for the last almost decade now. So. People need places to live. It's probably a good time to get into some kind of construction deal or investment. There's there's got to be some uh, like collective groups of people that invest in real estate, kind of like a REIT or something that does construction development. That's where I'd bet. 
Hey, we're going to do the final commercial break of this first hour. Want to uh, invite you to stick around. We got a lot more to come. Stay with us on Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state. State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We've been talking a little bit about this jobs report that came out. Um, it's it's good fodder for the show. We we always love going through the employment report and figuring out um, what path we're on. And uh, it, it helps to tie a lot of these things together, too. I think in particular, just overall, it, it, it really represents the strength of capitalism, I think. You know, you've got ultimately... In our society, you have to have positive GDP to stay out of a recession, to keep growing. You just got to, ha- the machine has to grow somewhat every month. And um, the jobs report is, is definitely the one of the biggest indications of what's going on there. Um, you know, full-time jobs, 
peaked in March of 2008, 119.88 million. Um, this right now we've got, um, we're a million short of that on the full-time jobs. We've got 118.96, so just less than a million short. Um, and the average weekly hours for a full-time job right now is at 34.5 hours per week per worker. And um, that that's not far off of what it was in 08. It was 34.7. So there's it, it looks like in order you know to get back up to snuff, a lot of these people have to. We need another million people working full time just to kind of get there. But again, it doesn't take that doesn't take into consideration at all the jobs that were lost since then. Or the jobs that, um, well, does that uh, what population growth? Right, yeah. People that were fifteen then, and it discounts the the job growth that we should have seen now. in the last six years. Does that full number of full time jobs does that take into account at all the quality of jobs? I mean, because someone could be working full time for ten bucks an hour, but what we want to see is someone working full time for a head of household wage. Well, that's the deal, and and the wages part hasn't gone up either, and that's that's the other detrimental piece to it. You know, it's it, it and and what it equals, I think, when you strip down all these numbers, you talk about all these fancy millions and decimals and percentages and high water marks and all this stuff, and and what it boils down to is there's still a lot of people that are just surviving. That's what it is. There are people that are working fewer hours than they want to for a lower wage than they want to, and they're out there kicking tail to try to make things happen for themselves, and they're just not getting those same jobs and the same pay and the kind of stuff that was happening a few years ago. So we still are in a survival mode. That's what it means. And because of that, because of the the slow progress we're making in the jobs market, it's great to be back up to six year ago levels. Um, but on Monday, Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen made it very clear that because of the subpar <clears throat> US job market, the Fed will continue to keep interest rates at low levels. They are on on pace to eliminate the bond purchasing program by the end of the year. But they still believe that the job market will continue to need the help of low interest rates for some time. Um, so they have, even after the bond purchase program ends, they have no plans to raise the Fed funds rate, um, the their short-term borrowing rate, anytime soon. Yeah, I and I saw they tried to drill down a little bit farther on what does an extended period of time mean, and it was sort of like honed in on that that's at least six months. An extended they always period. try to pin them down, and then they hold them to that time period. Right. An extended period of time is not anytime soon. It's not the foreseeable future. <laughs> right. It's beyond what we can foresee at this time. Um, you know, the other thing, just kind of chopping through my notes here, the U6 rate, and you usually always bring up the U6, but um, the U6 includes people that are barely employed and part-time um, workers who would rather work full-time, right? So this sort of factors them into a different unemployment number. Because isn't if you're like a college graduate that is inclined um, 
to have a, a head of household job where you're used to making a hundred thousand dollars a year and now you're working for 15 bucks an hour because it's all you can get you should basically be considered unemployed and that's what the u6 takes into consideration the so this month the standard unemployment rate stayed constant the u6 rate ticked up it went um up to 12.7 percent and this has been above the 10 percent high water mark from 2008 the entire time through the recession so again it's just showing that um the american labor force uh is still people looking for long-term work that that aren't getting it and uh that's why when you when you sort of brought this up early on about the markets you know we i was i had a couple of loans this week where we were in limbo as to whether or not to lock and i i hoped you know monitoring cautiously kind of hoped that um we would get a good jobs report but at the same time knowing that we had some bad months in a row and so far you know even 192,000 jobs added in the month is not it's not even on par with what we had last year. Um, we averaged 200,000 or just over that throughout the last year. So we need to get back to that mark where we're consistently adding 240, 260, 280,000 jobs a month. And probably more importantly, once we're picking up that kind of steam and creating those kinds of jobs, that a lot of them are head of household jobs, that they're not just restaurant and hospitality, that they're, they're jobs that people can um, feel good about where you wouldn't have people identifying as, you know, like you said, it translates over into how they view themselves. Are they middle or lower middle class? When you feel like you aren't even being paid what you're worth and you can't even see the next opportunity to get up to the next rung, those are the people that are losing hope and calling themselves lower class now. So hopefully we'll We'll figure out how to get that firing. It is kind of interesting that in the whole mix here, the feds um, are short on the inflation numbers. They're short on the job creation numbers, yet they still bail out of their tapering. They keep taking $10 billion a month out of there on a pretty regular clip now. So kind of makes you wonder, you know, what, what the whole MO is there. And I guess we'll see that unfold. We're heading into the top of the hour break. We got another hour to go here with you. So just do want to invite you to go freshen your coffee or water the dog, whatever you got to do. We'll be back in a few more minutes and we'd love to take your phone calls in this next episode here too. the next hour of the episode, I should say. Um, the number to the studio is 543-8830, 543-8830. You know, and then alternatively, if you guys would like, you can also go on to the uh, the email and just email us info at centralcoastlending.com if you'd like to ask a question there then we'll answer it for you stick around after this short break for more mortgage matters you're tuned in to mortgage matters which airs every saturday from 10 a.m to noon your hosts, Dan and Jason, from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Thanks so much for being with us today. 
Hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, um, you can call in and ask it. Uh, even the little scenario stuff is always fun. Give a call and chime in on anything you want, really. The number to the studio is 543-8830. 543-8830. You could also uh, send an email if you'd like. Uh, the address there is info at centralcoastlending.com. And we'll address it as best we can. What do you got over there? You you're you got some highlighted newspaper. <laughs> does your highlighter tip get all dirty when you highlight newspaper? Yeah, it does. Then what? How do you wash those? I don't wash them. Throw them away? No, I just keep using them until they run out of ink. So it looks dirty, but it still makes a, a readable line. Huh? I mean, tell me that's not a nice crisp yellow that just jumps off the page. It's even straight across. Yeah. Oh yeah, I meant <laughs> that's freehand too. That's freehand. What you don't no know ruler. though, what you don't know is that had Dan had an errant highlight, just of an accident, he would <laughs> go down and buy a new newspaper <laughs> to trim it out again and highlight that. I don't know if that's that's probably not, not true. I, <laughs> I might go grab one from like the neighbors. No, I'm just kidding. I would never take my neighbor's newspaper. Dude would rewrite a list if he like had a. A letter that came out wonky. That's it's, and true. it's a good thing. Attention to detail. Yeah, there's a there's settling quality for only control. perfection. <laughs> I, yeah, perfection. Uh, so what I have, I think it kind of relates to what we've been talking about with the quality jobs. Um, there was a lot of chatter this week about housing affordability. So we're kind of switching gears here, but it still ties into to quality jobs um, that across the country. In major metros, 66% of homes for sale are unaffordable for the median income earner. And that's creating a problem. Boo. Yeah. Most people, a majority of people, two-thirds of people cannot afford the homes that are for sale. And so it's it's leading to a, a few problems here. Um, those who who are in the third, you know, who can afford these homes are the ones who continue to gobble up homes and turn them into investment properties. And, um, and then the folks who can't afford them are, are renters and it's driving up rental demand, which is driving up rents for, for these folks. So what we've seen since 2000, um, are that apartment rents have risen by 6%. While renters, the income of people who are renting homes, not owning homes, um, their income has dropped 13%. So there's about a 20% swing in the affordability of just being a renter. And these folks don't have the opportunity to be home buyers because, you know, the homes that are for sale are unaffordable for them. So it's dragging on the real estate market. A little bit. It's dragging on the activity that could be taking place. You know, we're what moving forward, we're not expecting to see prices appreciate at 10 plus percent like they've been doing for the last couple of years. <clears throat> In fact, average prices nationally are expected to rise by single digits this year. Um, and number of homes sold nationally are expected to be flat to falling right. going forward. And it's because less and less people, I mean, it's good that in some respects that home 
values have rebounded to give people that feeling of confidence and feel like their equity in their home is restored. But we were in a problem. I mean, remember that people were buying homes because they felt like their opportunity was the, the window was closing on their opportunity to own real estate. Sure. Especially when you get in those coastal markets like we're in here. Yeah. So first thing that I want to say about that, just in terms of locality here is that San Luis has kind of always been that way. It's, it's high on the, um, the amount of the percentage, I guess I would say to the average person's income to the average home price. You, when you're in a place like San Luis Obispo and I, you know, I kind of, I think of San Luis Obispo as like, well, let's call a spade a spade. We live where people vacation. It's worth it to come here because this place is amazing. So in doing so, it, it makes it a difficult place to get your start. You're, you, it's hard to buy a house in downtown San Luis Obispo with an FHA loan with mortgage insurance and be paying that high mortgage payment. It, it's really expensive. But if you have some equity and you sold another property and you know, you're kind of arriving at the place with some of the best weather in the world, then you kind of can afford to be here. So I think we're used to that around here. It's always more expensive. One of the parts about that that kind of bothers me a little bit and freaks me out is if it's unaffordable today and interest rates go to 7%, then what? Is that just definitely put downward pressure on, on the value of the real estate because people can't afford it at that point? You have longer marketing periods and all this kind of thing because the average person doesn't make enough money to afford that because of the interest rates and its inflated value. I don't know. You know, when you look at this last real estate recession, one of the things was values got so pushed up so high because we used stupid financing options to create affordability that wasn't there, um, epitomized by the negatively amortizing loan. Hey, the interest only payment on this would be three grand a month, but how about you just give us fifteen hundred and we'll put the other fifteen hundred on the back side of the loan? That sounds smart. And that that kind of got popular. People were doing those kinds of loans more um definitely more than they should have. But um so in in I got a um off of the Slow County Homes website. Keith Bird runs the site. It's a local site. If you're not familiar with it, go check it out. I think it's great. It's user-friendly. Gives you some pretty quick depiction of what it is um, you, you can see on here. SlowCountyHomes.com has some indicators that just track the movement in the market. Um, check this out. This, this might interest you, Dan. Median home prices... Um, decreased in AG, Avila, Grover, Napomo, Oceano, and Templeton, showing the median price decreasing. Um, that's interesting to me that that would go down because aren't we led to believe that there's such this limited supply that we're seeing things get overbid? And also median... Median is not average. Median's different. If you stack these numbers up, median's going to be the middle number. So if you're, it, it sort of gives an indication of what part of the market segment is moving. 
when you see a median home price decline, usually you would expect that the majority of the activity is the lowest sector of the market, the, all the entry-level stuff. That's been the the hot item here for a few years in a row. And if anything, lately, I hear more about seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar properties finally changing hands. Two million dollar properties finally changing hands. So to see the median price drop a little bit is kind of surprising to me. And then to see it drop for those five cities, um, kind of impressive. A second stat that can be gleaned from the recent data here is that percentages of foreclosures continue to decrease around our county. Santa Maria really took the, the spotlight on this one. 86.2% um, of the sales now are non-foreclosure sales. Just last year, that number was only 69%. And there was a period a few years ago where it was over 60% of the sales were foreclosures. So we're definitely seeing that run its course. Um, the amounts of foreclosures are behind us. Um, I can't really imagine that we're ever going to see the foreclosure wave come up in a big way, but who knows? There still are a lot of adjustable rate loans out there that people have adjusted to, and they're happy it adjusted because they've got negative equity. The interest rate went from five and a half down to 2.75, so the payment dropped. And they don't know how much water they're actually treading because when things turn around, those rates could go up, you know, in some cases north of 10%. So are there some foreclosures out there looming? Maybe. Um, those people that didn't deal with it in time, they're just hoping that appreciation keeps happening so that when that happens, it's an opportunity for them to sell rather than, you know, suffer a short sale or a foreclosure. Um, the uh, let's see here. Um, they're around the entire county. There's an increase in the days on market. This is it's just taking a little bit longer to sell a house today than it did in 2013. That still surprises me a little bit because I see things that, you know, come on on a on a Friday and they're pending by Sunday. That's not unusual. Um, and then also list price to selling price has decreased in most cities. And so that's all evidence of a cooling market. Yeah. And as far as the list price to sales price, they track that metric in every city. Um, it's going to fall for a few reasons. And if it's falling, I my most likely explanation for that would be that there's increased inventory. A greater supply means that you're going to just fetch slightly less than your list price at the actual sale. Uh, it, when supply is too tight that's where you usually see list price be in excess of a hundred percent of or sales price be in excess of a hundred percent of a, a list price so we're seeing that decline in most cities around so um it's all pretty interesting stuff because it it's you even us that do this for a living we have to remind ourselves that no matter what your view is perception is it can be very powerful it, it can be very dangerous so this looking just at these numbers kind of helps you take a little bit of the emotion out of it. 
Um, but what we're seeing is the median price has fallen in a lot of the county. The days on market is growing in a lot of the county. And the dollar sold per what it was listed for is falling in a lot of the county. So it shows that there is sort of a little bit of a soft spot in the housing market lately. And, and we do keep seeing, you know, last week we talked about pending home sales and new home sales and all that. All of those metrics all appeared to be a little bit soft. Um, in terms of construction spending, that was another number that came out this week. And construction pending, uh, construction spending narrowly avoided a decline in the um in the overall number and you know what you know what saved it residential fell residential fell below where it's been um would have been a headline grabber for sure if the whole metric was down but commercial projects um like hotels and um other restaurant business type of builds posted big enough games gains to offset the um, the retraction in the residential construction spending and kept the metric in positive ground. So that's not very good news either to see the actual spending numbers uh, be less than they they're hoped to be. So we we still when I you know you kind of sit back and listen to like what Janet Yellen is saying now, we see rates needing to be low for an extended period of time. We we just this morning we waited our way through the jobs report was less than amazing. Decent, got some highlights to it, long way to go. Um the the housing market kind of kind of feels the same way right now. It's it's decent and it's not crazy strong. Um but Everyone's sort of trying to figure out. So if you were to pinpoint a reason for locally the the housing trends where you seem to be pointing to some softening in the housing market a little bit. And granted, we're coming off of a period of time here where, I mean, housing was a frenzy. Yeah. I mean, and to still see list price to sales price as high as it is. And days on market less than 90 to 120 days, things like that. I mean, we're still in a seller's market, mm -hmm. definitely. But we we do want to try to identify a trend maybe before it's actually a trend. That's the whole point of the show, right, is to keep an open conversation and talk about things so we don't get caught um, in a bad spot. Do you have a just your own personal opinion, a reason for why you think the trend is moving the direction that it is locally. Do you think it has to do with affordability? At least in part, yeah. And um, Do you think there's other factors besides affordability that are maybe driving that? Just people have all made their moves in the last few years, so things are slowing down? Kind of. And also can't discount the fact that we're just coming through winter. You know, it, this is just common sense stuff, but it, it bears reiterating. People don't like to sell their house when they got their Christmas lights up. You know, you're having a Thanksgiving party or a New Year's party. You're having family come to town for the holidays, no matter what what your religious calling is for the holidays. It's a time of year when people work a little bit less and 
eat and recreate a little bit more and having an open house during that time or having people traipse through and all that when you're out of town or whatever, it's just not that appealing. The other thing is I think a lot of people, especially the self-employed folks that, um, they spend these last couple months taking care of tax stuff. I mean, it starts right in January, get your W2s done, get your 1099s done, report this, do your business taxes. When your business taxes are done, get your personal taxes done. It's like this whole thing. And then at the same time, the kids are um, back to school and, and they're, you don't want to sell or buy and, and uproot your kids from school to move to another district or whatever. So for all of those reasons, I think, I think now, I think April is about the time where you're going to see more of those signs go in the front yard. And, and it's because now you can reasonably do an escrow where if it closes in June, that's given your kids enough time to be out of school, you're past taxes. It's okay to do open houses. You don't got a lot of big plans. So it's time to, to get ready to sell. So I'm not willing to draw too many conclusions on this stuff because we're coming off of winter. Um, when that's passed and this season's over and we get into home buying season, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Secondly, I still, no matter whether or not I'm reading this stuff and seeing the red arrow point down or the green arrow point up, real estate's local. And as I look around, um, I keep seeing houses that are going into contract fast, um, really fast. I see people fighting to get deals done. And I hear buyers that finally get into escrow after viewing properties for months and being beat for months say, oh yeah, we this time we got lucky because of X. So I hear that happening a lot. And I can't help but think that as long as that's the case, um, that the market's in decent shape. Uh, and also, I, I'm not bothered at all to see real estate values be flat for a year. You know, I'd... As much as I'd love to see my house double in value, I don't want to see 10% year-over-year appreciation because then that just tells me that we have some um, more reconciliation at some point. I feel like at this point, let's just have some normal values. I don't need my house to double in value right now. I also certainly don't want to find out it's worth 50% less. Can we just go... Let's just do the exchange where I'll just send my mortgage payment in and this thing's not going to be a volatile part of my life. I just want it to be uh, that, you know, just pay the payment, live there, be happy there. It doesn't have to be an emotional roller coaster. I get wound up enough dealing with the leaky faucets and roofs and stuff, right? So, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I, I'd love to see it a little bit more flat than it's been, honestly. Um Hey, it's 1124 now, so we're going to do commercial break number one of the second hour here. Uh, do stick around after this quick break. we got more Mortgage Matters to come. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Across the bay, a lady waits to hold me and my boat and now ready to set sail if the weather keeps on holding and the wind is right i'll be wrapped up in my sweet one's arms tonight and we will sail away on the wings of love into the night Go out and have a little romantic dinner in Morrow Bay after you go yard sailing today. That's so cheesy that that guy just said, we'll sail away on the wings of love. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good song. Oak Ridge Boys, man. I love it. That's Eldridge Boys? The Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, Oak Ridge Boys. Okay. Sweet. Thanks for that. (laughs) Hey, you know, get people out to Morrow Bay to the yard sale and... Oh, Visiting yeah. the restaurants So, so we afterwards. need more people out there. <laughs> uh, um, kind of wanted to continue with a, a story that I think is a good segue off of what we were talking about. Um, real estate being local and just, you know, kind of the, the trends we're seeing here locally and how different they are from other markets. We got a visit this week from one of our um, bank, one of our investor sales reps, came out to visit us on Wednesday and he's from the Bay area 
and a lot of his clients are in the Bay Area. So he's, he sees a lot of those Bay Area transactions, um, both through the business and just personally living there. He was telling us about San Francisco and just how off the wall the market is there that, you know, the offers come in in droves on properties. I mean, dozens and dozens of offers. He was giving us one example of a home that was listed and within, it was a matter of days. I don't even know if it was more than a couple of days, received 70 offers and ultimately ended up selling for $700,000 over list, over the list price. It was a $1.7 million home that ended up selling for $2.4 million. Can you imagine what it would be like to wade through 70 offers? No. I imagine <laughs> you'd start by just putting the cash ones in a pile and the finance ones in a pile. I and still can't get over the whole thing of like, you want $1.7 million for the home, but I'll go ahead and give you 1.8 and then somebody else 1.9. I'm like, yeah. And we've been hearing these stories out of the Bay area yeah. for the last couple of years. I mean, the, the last story I heard, it was a, it was something that ended up selling for $250,000 over list price. And that was in the, hmm. you know, 800 to 900,000 range that ended up selling for over a million. This one, I mean, it's Jeez. selling for nearly 50% more than list price. And he said that this is just one example of, of many that are occurring in the Bay area like this. Hmm. It's pretty fascinating, yeah. And I, it's hard for me to imagine, too. Those must be cash buyers because you're going to have an appraisal problem where... Yeah, and he said that there, he recognized that there is appraisal issues with these homes, but the people are just coming up with cash to make, if they're financing, to make the financing work, or if there's not, then, you know, there's no concern over financing. Yeah. We got a call last week from somebody that was trying to buy a lot in the Bay Area um, for... 400,000 that would construction costs of like 800,000. So it'd be like a 1.2 investment for these guys, but the house would appraise for over $2 million. And I'm sitting there thinking, why on earth would a, a lot be sitting available in the Bay area if somebody could make that kind of a profit on it? You know, it just, it kind of baffles me a little bit. Um, that those opportunities seem to exist yet people don't have the confidence to step up and take the whack at it. You know, it is $400,000 is a lot of money for a piece of dirt Yeah, in the Bay area. Though? And then to try to procure some construction financing, construction financing is available, but it's, it's for the well-qualified. Sure. And if you're going to outlay 400 grand just on a lot and then, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a big, chunk to buy it off and not many people can do that this one was a um really inhospitable topography <laughs> yeah so they needed a couple hundred thousand dollars of just foundation work to Grading get this thing into the into the hillside yeah. and that that probably has something to do with it is it it's a little bit more than basic Hey, we are so happy to have a caller. Um, I'll invite the rest of you to call in if you have a question or comment that you'd like to get on the air, 543-8830. Uh, we're going to take this call from Kathy in San Luis Obispo. Hi. Um, I had a couple things I just wanted to run by you. Um, I'm renting, and my partner is renting, and we're just across the breezeway from each other. But our rent just went up again, 
and so between the two of us, we each pay seven fifty, so it'd be fifteen hundred. And I was curious, um, can you buy a place with no down payment? Yeah, you can. Um, it's not in all parts of the county, though. The the zero percent down payment loans right now are being offered through USDA, and so it has to be a rural part of the county. Um, okay. And so there's parts in North County and even a little bit in South County where that kind of loan will work. The only exception to that would be if you um, either of you are veterans, then the VA loan is also 100% financing. There's also a program, there's down payment assistance program through Cal HFA. It's the CHADAP 3% silent second that you could pair up with FHA financing. You're still going to have to come up with a small down payment, but it minimizes that. Yeah, uh, and It can also be paired with conventional, but I think there you still have to come up with about 5%. So there, yeah. there are a couple of different options for low or no down payment. Yeah. And also the FHA loan, so kind of round numbers coming out of my head is that for that payment of $1,500 a month in rent, that equates to about a $280,000 purchase price in a home. And if you okay. did if you did something like that on FHA, the down payment in FHA is three and a half percent, and so three and a half percent of two hundred eighty thousand dollars is somewhere around seventy eight hundred dollars or so. I'm just pulling a number out of thin air, but that's it's pretty close to that. So that's not a crazy amount of money to have to have available, and it can also be a gift from an employer or a family member. So sometimes there's a unique relationship that will allow that kind of help in a transaction too so um it, it's something where if you if you were inclined what we usually do is sit down with you and crunch the numbers out to exactly what you'll qualify for because sometimes you know qualification is impacted by student loans or car loans or maybe credit card debt or things like that so we uh -huh. custom tailor and then give you like basically a, a budget of this is what it would cost in terms of cash due at closing and then what the monthly payments would be. And even if you're not quite ready yet, it's good framework by which to plan. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are kind of interested in South County and maybe I'm thinking probably Morro Bay is probably untouchable. Um, uh it, as far as buying something? It depends. Um, it, now, Morro Bay is not USDA eligible. Yeah, it is. It is? The whole coast is USDA eligible. Morro Bay? Dude, where have you been? <laughs> okay. Where have I you been? I was told that Morro Bay had a housing element problem that kept it from actually funding. You that. are off your rocker right, right. now. It is 100% Morro Bay. All of the coasts. He doesn't, I don't even know why he's saying that. We've done USDA loans in Morro Bay, in Cayucas, in Los Osos. Okay. So you can definitely do it. All the way from San Simeon to, to Los Osos is eligible. Paso Robles, Atascadero, and then down south you're looking at Napomo that's an eligible area or the outskirts of the core of Santa Maria. Um, are How about also eligible. Rio Grande area now, is that like like uh, between San Luis and Rio Grande those back roads? Uh, maybe there's a there's a map that we could I could send you a link to a map um, where you could type in an address or you can zoom in on the map and it'll color code the different areas for you. Um, okay. So that's something if if you want to get a hold of us we can zero in on the eligible areas. But in general, 
the five cities areas and um, San Luis Obispo proper are not eligible. But when you get outside okay. of the main cores, you might be able to find a home that is in an eligible area. And well, so that, let me ask you another question. Sure. Um, we're both in our 60s, and so we were even wondering about the, the idea of even purchasing something at, at our age and starting a, a debt, you know, like that. But we were thinking um, we may inherit a rental or a place um, down the road. We aren't sure how soon that may happen in Moore Bay. But we were thinking we might be able to build up equity within that period of time until we were, you know, given the inheritance. So that's what we were wondering. It's a little scary to me to have to be in debt again. <laughs> yeah, I, I would challenge your thinking, though, and, and, and I'm not going to argue that homeownership's best for everybody, but just for me, rent is simply 100% interest. You're never going to yeah. get that back, and it's money that every month you – you flush. And if you consider that, you know, that $1,500 a month that the two of you are paying is equivalent to, so I, what's the math? $20,000 a year or something that that's money that's just gone and yeah. never coming back. And, yeah. you know, there's even some opportunity for like, you know, in the right situation, a manufactured home or something that would, could just be a better fit than just paying rent. Um, I mean, your landlord loves you and, you're you're making a mortgage payment or you're giving them that that passive income that they're living off and loving that you give that to them every month and um yeah. i don't i don't necessarily think that age is a major deterrent because at most oh. every income level there's some benefit in terms of taxes for owning um property you have the upside of potential appreciation if that should be in the cards um and then also you've you've gotten rid of that rent payment that um is money you never get again i know you're saying all the things that i've i've kind of <laughs> moved about you, yeah. you're exactly right i hate paying my renters money for my landlord yeah mortgage then in fact i'm pretty sure they're free and clear um yeah so you're not up to standard and they're difficult to work with because they don't always want to fix up things yeah so we're, now the rent went up again. We're just thinking, you know, maybe we need to think about somewhere else. Well, and this is one of those things in, in terms of homeownership when you make the pros and cons list. The cons list is when the dishwasher breaks, it's yours to pay for. When there's a plumbing leak, you're the one that has to hire the plumber. All of that stuff that does put more responsibility on your plate. But then the flip side of the coin in the, con, in the pros list is that you don't have somebody in control of you that can raise your rent and you know even know. not be kind to you or or force you around or demand entry you can paint the walls yeah. and plant a garden and all that without the, yeah. the fear of yeah. improving someone else's property or something so it's a there's definite definite um benefits and if, if you do want to sit down together and 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 rough something up we're always happy to do that well um where are you guys actually located? We have offices around the county. Um, you're in San Luis, so I'd have you come mm -hmm. to our San Luis office. We're on Marsh Street. It's 1319 Marsh, right at the top of town. Um, oh, are Wells... you close to the Polk Insurance? Company? Yeah, right they're down the just street. over the tracks from us, but we're we're probably okay. five or six doors down from them um, on the same side of Marsh. Okay, because you... 
I had called back a while about my insurance woes, and you guys had recommended two or three people, and I ended up going to her, and she was quite helpful. Yeah. Um, and I know it wasn't related to mortgage, but it was great advice. So it made a good impression on me, which is partly why I'm calling back. Cool. Okay. And then um, how much lead time do you need to do an appointment? Um, Talking a couple days a week. No. Even oftentimes day of, we have loan officers that are ready to help. So when you find a, an opening okay. in your schedule, just reach out to us. Um, okay. Yeah. This is very encouraging. Thank you so much. The renting issue is just becoming more of one. Sure. All right, yeah. Kathy. Well, thank you. Give us a call um, for anybody, including Kathy, that wants to reach us at the office. The number is 543-LOAN, and um, that number rings all of our offices. We'll get you to somebody that can go over options with you and, and talk through strategy. If you want to get a jump start on that pre-qualification process, we have an online loan application. That's really the first step in, in consulting with you about owning a home is is getting the basics on a loan application. And you can go to our website, centralcoastlending.com. In the upper left corner, there's an apply now button. Takes less than 10 minutes to complete. It's very easy. It's secure. Um, so th that's the way to get started. And, and like, like Jason said, we can meet with you usually day of when you're ready to get down face to face. Yeah. And I, I think, too, even if it's something that's a year out or two years out. Sometimes, I mean, we you met with a, a guy who's a year or more out from buying anyway just because of employment changes. Yeah. Sometimes there's credit issues that need to be worked out, but you need to have a plan. And you know what? This just happened, too. I had another friend that was waiting because he thought he needed two years in the same um, job because he went from self-employed to working for somebody and um, the answer there is no that's fine you can go from self-employed to wage earner we don't like people to go from wage earner to self-employed because it's hard to invent your own paycheck every Friday but um, so again it's one of these things where just Come on in and sit down. We'll tell you what all of our expectations are and see if we can align those with your expectations. And if nothing else, you'll just, you know where you stand. If there's things you've got to work on, like fixing up credit or saving, or um, sometimes I put people on a budget diet, by the way. They come in, I want to. I want to buy this house and the payment's going to be three grand a month. And I said, well, you're paying 1400 in rent and you don't have much savings. So why don't you feel what it feels like to put $1,600 a month in an account out of reach for you every month and then come back and tell me if that's still a comfortable lifestyle for you, you know? So it's a, Oh, there's a lot that goes into helping somebody understand what it takes to, to get into the home ownership game. And we love to walk folks through that. Thanks for the call, Kathy. If you have a question that you'd like to ask on the air, it's 543-8830. Um, we do have another caller from Los Osos. We've got Bonnie on the line. Hi. I wanted to let you know a little bit about San Francisco. Our daughter lives in the Mission District, which is cleaning up and changing that it used to be saving 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. She pays 1500 a month for a studio apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and she's lucky because she doesn't have a big building next to her, so she has a pretty nice view of Dolores Park and, and that how area. And how long has she but, been living in that apartment? Uh, 
I'm going to say five years. They have rent control. Yeah, my guess is that that same apartment rents for a little bit more today. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. But she said what's happening is the really high money earners in the computer industry are coming into the lower part of San Francisco, that area, and buying houses, condos, renting big apartments because they've got lots of money. And in the mornings, a bus comes up, you know, a very nicely outfitted, dark-windowed bus, and the workers get on and start their computer stuff right away and get bussed down to the Silicon Valley, and that's how they come home again so that they don't have to rent down in that area. But what's happening is it's making the prices go up, up, up. Yeah, I've I've seen some stories um with San Francisco where people are buying homes, I mean, million-plus homes, uh-huh. completely demolishing them just to rebuild something bigger and, and more grand that's even more expensive. And, Jeez. I mean, the, what's going on in, in that area of California is it's unbelievable. Yeah. It would be sad if they, the, the Victorian homes along Dolores Avenue there are just Yeah, there's so a lot of beautiful, beautiful historic you know? homes there. Yeah, but that's what's happening because prices are going up in – in that part of the city, you know, people are not driving down to work. They're being bused in these cushy buses. So they're back again. So anyway, just wanted Very to share that with you. Thanks for sharing, Bonnie. We do appreciate your phone call. Okay. Bye-bye. I, I, can I interject? I don't yeah. know how this might um, affect it, but I have heard either some, somewhere in the Silicon Valley, like Cupertino or, or Sunnyvale or something like that, that they're building, Apple is building a huge office building like bigger than the Pentagon. And I don't know how that, that, that's gotta have to affect rents and mortgages in that area. I mean, it's gonna have to, because it's gonna bring in more workers, there's gonna be more demand. I mean, if they're just consolidating offices, I don't know, but they're gonna have to bring in more workers. So that's gonna, like she was just saying, that may be part of the, what's going on is those people are busting around trying to find places. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, I mean, it's a there's a great pool of employable people mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. Um, so a lot of businesses headquarter themselves up in that area. What's, I mean, with mortgage companies, you know, since that's what we do and we know, most of the mortgage companies that are based in California are headquartered in either Sacramento, the Bay Area, all around. A lot of times in the East Bay is what I seem to notice, and then down in the LA area, various parts of LA. Um, because there's just you know a lot of a lot of people that they can employ a lot of options for for those companies so yeah, I think that always really helps support a real estate market a too. diverse labor pool is where it's at yeah. your, your opportunity for more there are more skilled people available for those jobs in those areas yeah it's time to take the final commercial break of the show. Um, so do stick with us after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side 
Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. back to mortgage matters got a energetic last 10 minutes to give you when you bring us back from the break with van halen we just get up out of our chairs and start doing high leg I kicks i saw that man above head running leg around kicks. in the studio here there Woo! yeah love me some van halen <laughs> all righty uh Gosh, we do have a phone call to do. So if anybody wants to chime in last minute here, 543-8830, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Let's take Dan from North County. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Hey, thank you. I just tuned in and was listening about the, the boom in the Bay Area, and I was thinking that ultimately that does have a trickle-down effect on our market locally. Is that correct or not? Yeah, I... The Bay Area seems like it's been like a trendsetter for what happens around here for a while. And it's been talked about for a couple of years now. They they were um, began a recovery cycle before a lot of the rest of the state. And it, it it's very representative for the high end market, too. Um, okay. And I think when those when those folks are looking for a vacation home to get out of the city or when they're looking to retire from their jobs and move out of the city altogether, they look at areas like San Luis Obispo that are so desirable and right. and the prices here seem incredibly affordable. So they're willing to pay, you know, a little bit more than what we're used to. 
um, to get the same home. So yeah, they, they do have an impact on values. I'd say the same thing about Los Angeles as well. We, that's where people seem to migrate from, or the big cities when they end up landing here. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, been my impression. I mean, we've been here for 40 years, and it seems like a lot of times people have just cashed out and come up to this county and and in certain kind of markets. I mean, they tend to drive the market up here by willing to pay, you know, spend a lot of money out that they've received from their sale of their homes. Sure. Yeah. And it's not a bad strategy. I mean, I we see it all the time. I see people coming in to get pre-qualified that are selling a house in L.A. where they're going to make two or three hundred thousand dollars because they worked there their whole life, and now they're they're bringing that in to make a sizable down payment on something here. And it that's kind of we started the show with that today. In fact, is that this isn't a great place to be fresh out of college and buying your first home in downtown slow. Um, You got to have a good cash flow and a good down payment to really make it work. And those are those people they're bringing equity and cash from elsewhere. um, Or they're some of the high earning business owners from around town. So how would you describe the market right now? As I said, I just tuned in, so I haven't been listening to you. Um, there's a lot of data that suggests that the market is um, soft and something to kind of have a watchful eye on. Right. I my personal experience has been, and this is this is just tempered by the the qualified buyers that we have out in the market that are actively um, participating in the the fight to get a house. Um, to me, it still seems like things are going pretty quick. I mean, the my neighbor listed their house. Um, and it was in escrow with multiple offers and in escrow within five days. And it just closed the other day, but I'm, I'm led to believe that it closed at list price. So that, that is what seems normal to me, though. There is some, some numbers, like if you just do straight math to suggest that that's not exactly normal, but, um, all in all, I still think we have an undersupply. And um, nobody, nobody's expecting that home values are going to get into a depreciation cycle again or anything like that. So it, okay. it, it seems to me that we're perhaps have found normal finally. So are you saying at worst it's flat? I mean, Yeah. And, you know, and if you consider the free fall in the value of real estate from 07, 08 through probably 2011, you got to expect it was going to bounce a little bit. And, you know, we, we kind of went through a bad free fall and some people bought stuff for really dirt cheap. If you got out and bought things in 2010, 2000, early 2011, um, so smart. And, um, you know, and so now we, we bounced back up a little bit and I think we just went through the, the heyday of the the little buying frenzy and now we're in the normal part where um things take a little bit longer to sell got to be priced a little bit better and they're not going to get more than you know a hundred percent of list price like they were a year ago but all in all i expect it to be flat to a small appreciation from here on out yeah okay i appreciate uh, your help thanks for the program cool thanks dan appreciate your call okay thanks bye-bye are you you already buttoned it up, huh? You done with the your articles? Yeah. Nothing else. That's all. That's it. You didn't have any. I'm ready right? to start the weekend. 
I started I started closing all my windows as we ran through, and I'm I'm pretty well exhausted on things to do. So, Jim, what do we do when, when there's like five minutes to go and we're done with things to say? Wish everybody a good weekend. Just and push our chairs in. It's talk like talk about what you're gonna do. You know, when you get out of here, <laughs> nobody cares what I'm gonna do when I get Dad's out. Dad's going home. He's you know. He's going to go he find out, out. He gave out a bunch of money. He, he's going to find out what new he's got in his house from no, his yard sales. No. I'm hoping that I get the $100 back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I even I even let my expectations be known. Um, so did, we'll see. Did you make mine known? What was that? Vintage cast iron pans? No, I didn't. That that's I uh, didn't know that until I got here. You can text or whatever. I mean, I and I'm I'm 100% <laughs> focused on this. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I may go try to play some golf or something. That's where I'm at. I might be heading to Home Depot. Oh, perfect. Now, yeah. what would you pick up at Home Depot? Um, looking at some bathroom improvements. There you go. Yeah. See? Working on the home. Yep. Always. Getting some stuff done. It's an <laughs> ongoing project. Going to do the yard work this weekend, too? There are a few um, weeds that need to be pulled, so I'll probably do that. Oh, byproduct of the rain, man. I got little, <laughs> like, sprouts of everything in all these places where I remember getting that under control last year. Why don't you come look at my backyard, and you'll feel better about your little sprouts. <laughs> Let me let me know if I can help you. I got I've got some cool new things, man. I got a great two-stroke weed whacker. You know I, what I you bought have? a backpack blower so that after you beat it all up, you can blow it into a pile somewhere. You should bring over some of those that little labor force that you have. See, and, that's uh, the thing, you know. They're out of Jason's town today. Got the ah, Jason's got the you know, yours is going to be a couple of years, but you'll have a little labor those, force yeah. going on too. Those dudes are hard to convince to do yard work, <laughs> by the way, unless it's pushing the mower. Everyone's heard, down to mow. I heard they work for burritos. They'll work for of. burritos. That's a fact. Is there a financial incentive sometimes? Not at my house. Oh, okay. Um, not really. <laughs> they always have needs That's and everything. The price of the room. I hit my dad up for um, allowance when I was a kid yeah. because I was doing enough around the house that I yeah. thought I earned some dough. And he yeah. said that um, he would gladly pay me for services rendered. Um, but the problem was it was well short of the rent check that, that I was expected <laughs> to write. And so we worked it out where I got free rent in trade for um, yeah. doing chores. Got to eat. Things it's like a that. different program, <laughs> I know. But um, hey, if you guys have any loan needs at all, want any kind of help, um, we really are solutions oriented. We'll help get you um, the correct answers, not just what you want to hear. Um, give us a call. We'd love to walk you through the financing options. There's really a lot of them. We're financing uh, mobile homes, we're financing construction, we're able to do um, VA loans and FHA loans and no down payment loans, down payment assistant loans. So there's a, there's a lot that we can do. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call this week. The office number is 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Additionally, you can find us on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com. That site's jam-packed full of resources for you. Find your way there and then stop in and see us. We'll be back next week with more Mortgage Matters. Thanks for being with us.